today about resting in luxurious love. Luxurious love. Oh my goodness. Such an amazing place, such a life-giving place. And really what prompted uh, this message, I was reading uh, Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation, and there's something about going to a familiar passage and reading it maybe in a different translation or getting additional input uh, from it that causes you to glean. And so often we like been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, you know, have done a five point sermon on it, but we want to experience those things, right? Not just give a nod and check it off our list. So I'm going to um, read this. Uh, Psalm 23, verse one, Yahweh is my best friend and shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He takes me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. So let's unpack this so we can luxuriate in it. How many of you, oh my goodness, maybe life has drained you some. Uh, Maybe you just need a fresh perspective. I don't know what you need. I just know that this is what we need as, as human beings. Uh, so number one, Yahweh is my best friend and shepherd. And um, Brian Simmons uh, says shepherd is taken from the root word ra'ah, and I'm sure I am not saying that right, which is also Hebrew for best friend, which is why he gets, um, he's our best friend. You know, your best friend <clears throat> is someone you can share everything with. You just feel comfortable. You feel comfortable to be you in your skin. And that is, that is huge. That's, that's God. That's God with us. That's, that's Christ, the word made flesh as a human being. God is a human being. Isn't that amazing? And your best friend. Wow. Who he tells secrets to and you tell secrets to. And you just feel completely safe, accepted, loved, and championed. That's amazing. This translation includes both meanings. The unique term for shepherd, I have no idea how to say I'll just say it and we'll just assume it's wrong. Ro'et son, lover of the flock. Isn't that beautiful? Lover of the flock. The shepherd is the lover of the flock. So there's a best friend component. There's a lover of his flock. Now let's think about flocks for a bit because number one, flocks, whatever flocks (laughs) is not a, like, uh, doesn't have the zing of like being solid on their own, you know, trampling things, king of the forest, right? 
flocks are many little things. <laughs> and there's places where we're just many little things. You know, sheep are little things. They're kind of stupid, right? They're kind of clueless. They're kind of helpless. You know, oh, I fell over. Help me. <laughs> they wander around. I mean, they're really kind of dense. <laughs> and we all have this component to us. We're kind of dense. We're kind of a little clueless. We're kind of, we wander around. Uh, we do stupid, we get ourselves in trouble and they need someone to rescue us, right? We're, um, we're, we're like kind of open to predators, all these different things. And this is why we need protection and we need to be kind of herded and gathered and found and taken care of and picked up and, I know we don't always track with it, and we like to think we're so strong and powerful, uh, but I don't know about you, life can be really humbling. And so this is, we're, we're dependent. As you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, let me think, 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 oh, nothing. <laughs> so in the place where we're kind of like sheep, I can't do anything, um, right? We're dependent to varying degrees. We, we're dependent, but we're adored because he's the lover of the flock. And we have this in common as human beings. This teaches us that a shepherd is not just a responsible overseer, but a caring father figure, right? We need our daddy to take care of us. Like, ow, it hurts. Whoa, I'm scared. Something's out to get me. I hurt myself. I got lost. Come find me, <laughs> right? And attending to his flock out of a deep sense of love. So God is not tending to us because he's annoyed. He's kind of stuck with us because his job description is love. So he's just kind of got to fulfill it. You know, this is his prerogative. This is his heart. This is his joy. So you need to push past this feeling of like, oh, I can only ask you for one thing. I'm sorry to bother you, God. You know, this kind of mess. It's like, no, he's all about you. You're his thing. Right. Okay. Shepherds all were also fierce protectors of their flock. Boy, there is time when we need it. We need protection and we need fierce protection because if we are not fiercely protected, we are going down. Uh, Jesus is the fierce protector, capital F, capital P of his people. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, let's go back to the second part of verse one. I always have more than enough. Boy, this is a good thing to really meditate on and speak over yourself. And now, now we're not doing this. Let, let's, let me help you here. When we say, I always have more than enough, we're not doing this because we're trying to make it happen. We're trying to like yank it out of heaven. So if I just confess it long enough, like I'm, I'm broke. I'm about ready to be kicked out of my, my, my apartment or house. You know, I don't have money to pay my bills. The car broke down and I can't drive it because I don't have money to fix it. You know, all these things of lack that we have, or I don't have enough food to eat, whatever that is. So we're not trying to make it happen. Okay. So we need to get out of this striving, but what we are doing is agreeing with what's already true. Things aren't true because we believe them. They're just true, right? So always have more than enough is an eternal truth. It's just true. And so what we're doing is as we're meditating on it, we're not striving to pull it 
from heaven to earth. We're resting in it and letting it minister to our soul in every place that feels lack. So it's like, oh, I'm so adored. Of course, I have more than enough. Let me speak to my soul in the place that is freaking out because the bills do and I don't have money, right? So you're letting it minister. Listen, the the word is a person. Christ is the person. He's the fierce protector of the flock. He's the shepherd that adores his flock. And so it's his heart to make sure that you're not just provided, but abundantly provided. Like you are tucked in and good to go. You are blessed and you can be a blessing, right? You have more than enough. So to minister to you, not to speak it out there and make it happen. Okay, so we don't want to get into striving. This is to minister to our hearts where we feel like we don't. And I think it's important to fess up where we are emotionally with this because our emotions can undermine our faith. Like what you really believe in your emotional heart, particularly in your subconscious realm, is something as a program that actually moves quicker than anything we know in our minds. So we're not trying to shove it in there. We are, um, I don't want to say trying because I don't want to get into striving, but we are, we're allowing the person who is the word, Holy Spirit, uh, the spirit of the word to minister to our hearts where we feel we don't have enough, not to mention more than enough. So, you know, one of the things that I've been ministering a lot to my clients is like, yep, you get what you need, you know, and I just speak that over them all the time. Yep. Yep, you get whatever you need. So you don't have money to pay for your sessions. Well, ah, you get what you need, right? And just speaking that is kind of a mantra, like, you know what? I get what I need. I get my needs met rather than suffering and, you know, doing without or whatever, hurting because you don't get your needs met. God made you with needs and he made you, he's a provider for your needs. So the shepherd, a good shepherd, make sure the sheep have everything they want. They get luxurious grass. They get clover. I don't know what sheep like, but they get whatever they need, <laughs> right? Okay, verse two, he, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to read this. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. So the word here is a resting place. You can rest if you're not just loved. Like sometimes in our relationships, uh, say you have maybe a distant father and you, you know he loves you, but it's kind of by faith, okay? <laughs> You're not experiencing the love. Or someone's loving you in a language that's not your love language. So yeah, you do stuff for me all the time, but what I really need you to tell me is how much you believe in me if you're words of affirmation people. So love feels like love. And he offers you a resting place. A luxurious love means that he's loving you in all five love languages, right? So, you know, he's, he's affirming me. He's, he's actually doing acts of service, right? He's serving me. Uh, he's spending time with me. He gives me gifts. Let's see. What's the other one? I'm blanking on it, but I'll think of it in a bit. So he's loving you in every dimension so that love feels like love. It's luxurious. It's more than enough. I always have more than enough, right? Okay. And in that place where you're loved in that capacity, you can rest. 
right? You can rest. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, his tracks, so we're following where he's led before us. Uh, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. Oh my goodness, I could get just drunk right here. Holy Spirit. <laughs> so his track, so where is he leading you? You are following him. You're following in his footsteps. You're following in the footsteps of your elder brother, right? Isn't that beautiful? Uh, and sometimes it might feel like, well, you know, following the tracks of my father, unless you have a really intimate relationship with the father, sometimes that can feel a little hard, a little, you know, intimidating. But your brother's like, yeah, he's just like a few years ahead of you, right? And so you're following in his tracks to an oasis of peace. Oh my goodness, an oasis, an oasis is an oasis because it's in the middle of a dry, deserty place. Oh, and then you find like, oh, it's all oh, like, it's so refreshed. Who it's everything I need. I, I didn't think I was going to make it. I was exhausted. I was dehydrated. Um, I was discouraged. I was whatever. And then you just, oh, there's an oasis. He's your oasis in a, in a dry and thirsty, dark land. He's your oasis, right? Heaven is in you as your oasis in an earth that doesn't look like heaven yet. And near the quiet brook of bliss. Now, I, sorry, this just makes me happy. So the quiet brook of bliss. How do you, how do you find your peace? There's a quieting. And when you quiet down to listen to something quiet and soothing and kind of repetitive, like a bubbling, bubbling brook. You know, this is why we have these, uh, used to be the, uh, used to be recordings and now you kind of go on your, uh, TV provider, or whatever. And they have all these recordings of brooks and oceans and crickets and, you know, uh, rain, right? These are things that quiet you down. They're not super loud, but they're repetitive. And they call any repetitive sound or action just neurologically causes your nervous system to settle. And so you're listening to this quiet brook, this bubbling brook. He, he leads you there. You know, other translations say he makes me to lie down. So th this is, this is your job. Lie down. <laughs> lie down recline. And verse three, that's where he restores, oh my goodness, and revives my life. You know, <clears throat> I know there are many streams and I'm all about it. I'm, you go with your bad self, which talk about revival, which is great. But you know what? For you, where the rubber meets the road, you need to be revived. We all get tired. The word viv is the word life. And so, you know, vibrant, full of life. So we, so you're taken back to the place of life because life has sucked the life out of you and you need to be relived, revived. I came that you might have life more abundantly to the full until it what overflows. You're overflowing with life. I have more than enough. So that's what he's doing. He's restoring. 
He's giving you back your stores, going back to the place where your tanks are full, your love tanks are full, your needs are met, your body is is uh, revived. You're going back to the place where your stores are filled. And then he gives you life, more abundant to the full. This is eternal life. Eternal life is knowing Christ and his father. Knowing him is the place. That's your place. That's your hiding place. That's your oasis. All of these pictures where he can shepherd you, where he can heal you, where you've been beaten up. Okay. Where, where, you know, I've been ministering people and they've just been hemorrhaging out for years. And these are powerful ministers that lead, um, a big congregations and have incredible fruit but their places in their own life that where they're bleeding out. And this is the place of their restoration, of your restoration. This is to a human being. I don't care how anointed or gifted or powerful your man of all of that. It's all good. Yay for that. But I'm just saying, this is our place that we need to go back to. And we need to remind ourselves to go back to. This is why Jesus had to say, as you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Well, how often are you doing good at remaining and abiding? And then like a little sheep, you kind of wander off. Look at the bird. and Let's go face the butterfly. Chase the butterfly. Whatever you're doing, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, things are bad. How did I get here? How did this happen? Or uh, you have a predator attack you. You have cancer attack you. You have, you know, a swindler attack you. Uh, you have someone emotionally just rip you to shreds. You know, whatever. You have an accuser attack you. You Someone sues you. You know, so there's predators out there. Um, and there's people that behave like predators. And so you need a fierce protector to restore and revive your life. You know, um, someone I love dearly, you know, was talking about the job that he works at and, you know, how his boss, you know, um, and, and all of their little minions, it's like they, they gang up on them. He said, they're like little dementors, you know, in uh, Jingle All the Way, since we're watching Christmas programs. And, um, you know, and it's like, he just felt like he was just getting beat up on and harassed and whatever in a very kind of demonic way. And sometimes it's not the big hit. Sometimes it's just the the wearing, the little hits all the time, right? That just wear you down. So we need to be revived and restored. Restore your soul, right? And, you know, you didn't do anything wrong to get drained. You're called, it's called being a human being. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He didn't say that if you're a bad Christian and you don't believe. And I used to have the attitude as a kind of word of faith ditch, not that word of faith is great. You know, it's just their ditchy things that happen. Right. So, um, I used to have this idea that if I just believed enough, you know, I, nothing bad would happen. You know, awful things wouldn't happen. Uh, that, you know, I, I should be protected in my loved ones, uh, protected all the times. So and that if something bad happened, I did something wrong. And if I was struggling to get out of that bad hit that I was doing something wrong, life is hard. In this world, you will have tribulation, but cheer up, I have overcome the world. You've overcome the tribulation. He overcame the tribulation, right? Tribulum, the crushing of the grain, right? Wow. If you're feeling crushed, you need to be revived and restored. So you're not doing anything wrong. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, let me just help you here. 
you are on an as-need-to-know basis. In other words, be like that little sheep. This is why the kingdom belongs to such as these little children, right? Well, you're a little sheep, which is kind of childlike, okay? So you're on an as-need-to-know basis. And with that, if there's something that you're doing wrong, like because bad things are happening, well, he can come find you. And I'm not saying don't ask God, but I think a lot of times one of the uh, trip-ups we get into is that we're, we're so upset by the bad thing that happened that we assume we did something wrong. So now we're condemned and we're in this agonizing place of trying to find what we did wrong because we figure if we can just make it right, the bad thing will go away. And you know what? As your shepherd, it's God's job to lead you. Remember, you're following in his tracks. Holy Spirit, the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. So this place where we get into this internal, like, trying to struggle and read what's going on inside and what did I do wrong and, you know, what all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, God can really tell you if you did something wrong. Or maybe you really did do something wrong. But that's not what he's got his finger on. It's like, no, don't focus on this. What? Focus on this. And maybe we'll go back and correct you here. Or maybe if you focus on this, this will be corrected. I don't know how he's leading you, but I do know it's his job to lead you. You know, and I see this people get tripped up this way where we start to wonder. We get in this wondering, is this happening? Did I do this? Was it because of this? Was it because of this? Was it because of this? And you're like, um, you're in this whole place that God is not leading because that's not productive. It's like, God, if there's something I did wrong, come find me and help me here and see. But what are you wanting me to know? A lot of times, if you're not getting an answer to the question you're asking, it's because you're asking the wrong question. So you could say, okay, so Holy Spirit, Jesus, Papa, whoever's comfortable to you, what is the question I should be asking here? Um, and he'll tell you, well, why don't you, how, how do I rest? How do I trust? Those are usually always a good question. <laughs> or um, how do I speak to this person? So when they're, they're accusing me, they'll kind of like, Ooh, okay, I'm going to back off and like, you know what? Because a soft, gentle answer turns away wrath. All of that. How do I, how do I love better? I don't know what the question, but these are samples of good questions rather than, you know, is there some demon attacking me? I mean, you're on an as need to know basis. And so God, if there's a demon attacking me, come find me and tell me what to speak. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume, I'm just going to focus on my relationship with you. We're supposed to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. He started it. He gets to finish. This is why you can rest. You use his faith, not focusing on the demonic attack or the loophole or whatever. God is the one to lead you. And so another good question to ask is, how can I trust you better? What is interfering with my ability to trust you? Oh, I believe that because such and so happened, wow, you abandoned me because such and so happened. I did something wrong. And a lot of times you didn't do anything wrong. It's just stuff happens, like crappy things happen to amazing people that are full of faith. You do know uh, a lot of people who are great faith healers, their particular circumstances, they died of cancer. They died of this and that. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, to knock anybody. I'm just using that as an example because sometimes we think, wow, you know, we're doing something wrong. And it's like being a human being. Wow. We get tribulation. The wolves attack. Why do the wolves attack? 
because I like to destroy lambs. Okay. So, uh, you know, did I do anything wrong? Was the shepherd sleeping? Well, if you feel that way, you need to bring that to the Lord. Do you not care that we're going to die? Right. All of that. Right. Um, that's where he restores and revives my life. Okay. This is great. He opens before me the right path and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring honor to his name. I wanted to unpack that a bit because there's some, some incredible notes. One thing I wanted to mention, oh, this is so good. I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting myself with something good. <laughs> when he talks about, let's see, verse two, he offers a resting place in his luxurious love. I need, I want to go back there for a second and then we're going to continue. Uh, it says in a, in, uh, spring green meadows. It says a good shepherd knows where to pasture his flock. Where do you need to feed? These green meadows would be a resting place free from all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Sorry. I didn't mean to sound like Pee Wee Herman right there. <laughs> Okay, this is the part I want to get to. The Greek word to love is agapeo, and I'm sure I said that wrong, which is a merging of two words and two concepts. Now get this. This was a surprise to me with as much as I talk about love. I love being surprised. Yay. Ago, which is the first part of that word, means to lead like a shepherd. Peo is the verb that means to rest. Love is our shepherd leading us to his place of true rest in his heart. Agapio. (laughs) The shepherd leading us to rest. Why? Because he's love. Because he's agape love, right? Just thought that was amazing. Okay. So let me go to verse three because I interrupted myself to go back because there's so much good. It says uh, verse three, this is where he restores and revives my life. Uh, He opens before me the right path and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so I can bring honor to his name. These notes are so rich here. It says he leads me along, uh, in the Aramaic, a circular path, or I don't know if it's actually Aramaic or Greek, uh, sorry, Aramaic or Hebrew, probably Hebrew, uh, along circular paths of righteousness. Okay, now, quick question, quick poll. Okay, so how many of you feel like you're going around in circles? Anybody? Going around the, anyway, going around that, and we're, and maybe you've been doing this for years in an area, right? Okay, let me help you. Oh my God, because it's helping me, so I'm going to help you. It says, it's a common trait for sheep on the hillsides of Israel to circle their way up higher. So you're not going around in circles. As you're following Christ, you're spiraling up. You know, how many of you have experienced what it's like to spiral down? We call that a vicious cycle. It gets worse. And because that happened, well, this horrible thing happened. And because that happened, then this horrible thing happened. And we go from horrible to horrible. Not God's plan for you. 
Okay. But when you're leading upon the circular paths of righteousness, you get a bless, a blessed cycle from blessing to blessing, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from brighter to brighter. I'm missing one, but that's okay. We'll put that in the bucket with the one love language I forgot. I'm sure you guys are tracking. They eventually form a path that keeps leading them higher. This is what the psalm is referring to here. Each step we take following our shepherd, capital S, agapio, God is love, the shepherd who causes us to rest, will lead us higher even though it seems like we're going in circles. And so maybe one of the questions you can ask the Lord that would minister to you would be, show me how I'm making progress. And a lot of people I minister to, particularly if I've been like ministering to them <clears throat> for years, you know, I mean, I've, I don't believe in coaching people forever. I mean, I'm, I'm there to support whatever, but you know, at some point I feel like my job is to help uh, wean them off of me and wean them onto Christ, but I'm, I'm, I'm hanging with people for as long as they need it. Right. And so my goal is to get them to fewer sessions, longer apart until they fire me. <laughs> and then they come find me when they need me. That's my goal. But sometimes in the places where people have been particularly traumatized and stuck and just struggling and it, they're just, they just need help for a prolonged period of time. You know what? You get what you need. So if you need years, well, hot diggity dog, we're doing years. You get what you need. If you need decades, then you need decades. You do need, not need to apologize for someone. If you need one session and you're good to go, that's awesome. You get what you need. And I, I, I don't assume that I'm on the be all end all for anybody. Oh my God. Um, no, but I have, you know, I've got stuff to offer. So this is good. So, um, so if that's what you're needing, that's fine. But particularly these people that have been, I've had to minister for a long time. Uh, every so often I will point out, okay, I just want to show you right here, you know, a year ago, two years ago, you were spinning out in this place and you know what? You're good with it now. You're settled. You have a settledness. You have infrastructure. You are making progress, even though it feels like you're going around the mountain. You are spiraling up the mountain. And sometimes we need to, as we're, you know, when you're climbing a mountain, particularly in a spiral, you can be so focused on the trees and the rock and the climb and the whatever. And sometimes you need to turn around and look at the view and say, oh my goodness, the view has opened up because I'm seeing it from a higher perspective. I've opened up because I'm viewing life from a higher perspective, right? And they can say, this is working. This is working. Jesus, wow, as the lover of the flock, as the shepherd who, who, who causes me to rest as agapio, that in your luxurious love, it actually is working. <laughs> and that will motivate you to keep on going. Because ultimately, let me just say what this spiral upward is, this is conformity to the image of Christ. It really is. So this is not just, well, I used to smoke pot and now I don't. I mean, great. Okay. Or I used to look at porn, you know, and now I don't, or I look at it less, or I'm making progress or whatever it is. This is not just a behavioral thing. Okay. Uh, behavior is important because it's an indicator, but it's really more that infrastructure, my mindset. I'm thinking like Christ. 
You know why Christ doesn't sin? I'm just saying it's because he's whole and holy. So that's against his nature. Well, let me just say this. You are whole and holy. And the extent that that's working out your salvation with fear and trembling, you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're looking more like Christ in your flavor all the time. You're being unveiled as conformed to the image of Christ. That's what God is doing to every single human being. Now they can be a stupid sheep and like decide to jump off the mountain or, well, I want to go, you know, down the vicious cycle or I'm going to wander off on my own because I know better or, you know, whatever. Stupid things, right? Just stupid. Like we've all done stupid. So let's not condemn each other, but let's just be honest, right? And so we all have some stupid we're getting over right now. And, and they're going to be more. Why? Because it's conformity to the image of Christ. So that's ultimately what this is all about. And our hurts and our wounds need to be healed. The lies that they have, you know, our, our false ways of being, our filters, all of those things. That's what this is ultimately about. And however God is leading you is how he's leading you. Because the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. So that's how you get to be led. So listen, you get to go follow the shepherd And as you're following him, you can rest in his luxurious love and let that heal your heart. Lie down by those streams of of living water. Uh, Let him restore your soul. That's what he's after, soul, soul restoration. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, these ways of being. He's restoring and reviving your body. So all of these things, your will, boy, is a mess because you tend to wander off by your on your own thinking like you have a better idea than God or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and not just you, me. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I got that. <laughs> Maybe they've done that. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, there's something right now. But that's up to God to lead that. And he will restore your soul. You you can rest in his luxurious love. Yay. And on that, I will take this moment to promote my Marked by Love book because a lot of people are really struggling. And maybe you don't have the finances or the time or don't feel wet um, to get coaching or counseling. Or maybe you do, but you need some extra help and there's some more revelation you want. So I'm going to recommend my book, Marked by Love, it has at the end of each chapter these love encounter breaks that help you in this process of engaging with God. Uh, like what, what are the questions I should be asking? Why am I not believing? Who do I need to forgive? Help me. And it leads you kind of as I would a coaching session, uh, except, um, you know, this is between you and you get to journal it out. You get to encounter God and really, um, upgrade your ability to see, hear, sense, feel. Um, you will feel the smooch of heaven. <laughs> you will feel the kisses of God who's wild about you or the embrace or whatever Uh, more and more and more. You are marked by love and he wants you to know it. Mm, He's thrilled about you. So you can get this on Amazon. It has, uh, let's see, what do we have? We have the hardcover. We have the Kindle. I have Audible in my own, I would say lily white voice, but I don't know that voices are lily or white, but whatever that is (laughs) in my own voice. Um, it's on there. So this will help you. I also have a course for those of you who want a little more intensive. You can go to my website, uh, catherineteam.com and check out the course on my uh, store page. Um, and if you want to go to my store page, you can also link to Amazon that way. So however you want to do that, 
Um, it's there for you. I recommend it. I also have a workbook if you're a workbook person. So I really tried to think of everybody, what would make it easier for any one particular person and do that. Anyway, and while you're on the website, get my, uh, I have lots of free downloads. I even have a free chapter of Mark by Love so you can check it out to make sure you really like it that you can download. So all that for you. Luxuriate in his love today. Rest in it. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.